Hello Voices, my name is Joe Choi and I'm a multi-award-winning voiceover and host of a voiceover's audio adventure podcast. A bi-weekly show where I learn about the voiceover and audio industry and share with you all the stories, tips and tricks along the way. Health is something we take for granted and we only really take notice of it when it seems to go downhill most of the time. And when it comes to vocal health, it's a myth. What is vocal health? Do we need to worry about it? And how do we look after our voices? Today's adventure is about vocal health. When your profession uses your voice, you start to realize how important it is, as we only have one after all. I can hold my hand up and say I am guilty of not caring for my instrument as well as I should, even though it is preached in the VO community. What do I need to look out for? How do I know when something is wrong? How do I maintain or even improve my voice? Today, I am going to be speaking with the amazing Carrie Garrett, clinical lead for voice at Hertfordshire and Worcestershire Health and Care NHS Trust who will be able to tell me everything I need to know, and of course, so much more. But before we get into the chat, let's talk about today's sponsor, VitaVoice. Brand new to the vitamin supplement world, VitaVoice has created VitaVoice Optimize, a daily easy-to-swallow multivitamin capsule with added nootropics, proven to contribute to normal psychological and cognitive function to reduce tiredness and fatigue, and to support a healthy immune system. It provides daily, long-term nutritional support for pro-voice users, including podcasters and voiceover artists. Formulated for professional voice users to improve vocal health and wellness. 100% vegan and made in the UK with purposely sourced high-quality ingredients. Not all big vitamin companies will do this and opt for the cheaper ingredients. VitaVoice daily supplements provide an effective natural way to boost your energy, focus and immunity if you're unable to consistently access a healthy diet. If you already take a daily supplement, VitaVoice will be an easy swap and upgrade. It's been formulated by clinical voice experts and specialist performance nutritionists. It provides immune-boosting anti-inflammatory benefits for your voice, helping you to recover faster after heavy voice use, and I myself take it regularly. They're giving my listeners a 10% discount on a single pack. Go to vitalvoice.co.uk to access this very special offer. Make sure you purchase through Shopify on the Vitalvoice site and use the code JOETROY at checkout. Remember to use this code through Shopify. Alternatively, if that's too much for you, just use the link in the description. Now let's get back to the episode. How are you, Joe? It's lovely to meet I'm, you. I yeah. know, nice to meet you too. I'm good. Um, <laughs> You know, even as a freelancer, you still get the Monday blues. So I'm powering through. Yeah, just getting ready for this <laughs> hopefully amazing interview that I'm going to have with you. I'm more about yourself. <laughs> yeah, all good. All good. Thank you. Oh, there we go. I've got my data in. We're all good. Um, I apologize. I really hope my internet will be stable for us chatting. But um, if it's not, I'll, I can switch it and, and switch over. So, um, yeah, so I'll, I'll get into it. So basically, I wanted to talk to you today to basically understand more about vocal health. I've been in music and now voiceover for most of my life. And, you know, it's become a hobby and now is a job. So it's something that I've always been aware of, vocal health, but I've not prioritized, as I'm sure a lot of people don't. 
you know, I just, just wanted to pick your brain, ask you some questions to help myself and other people to, you know, hopefully maintain their voices and get the, the best out of it. So um, if you want to start off by, you know, just introducing sure. yourself and telling people what you do. Yeah, lovely. So my name is Carrie Garrett. I'm um, I'm a, a specialist speech and language therapist, um, but I came in quite a a different route into that because I've been a speech therapist for 10 years. I mean, I'm, I'm 44 in January, so it's not been my whole life. Before I was, um, before I decided to train as a speech therapist, I was um, first an instrumentalist um, and I studied music and singing and um, ended up working in the music profession, uh, working for various agencies and um, gigging and performing all over the place in all sorts of theatres and venues and holiday parks and all sorts of things like that as you do and um, alongside that I was always teaching singing and I love teaching singing I love the musicality of it the um, sort of technique side of things as I knew it back then I mean we're talking started teaching singing probably in 1998 um, and then um, was performing as well alongside that and then you know how it is exactly it, it swings and roundabouts isn't it in terms of what works out there and, and what isn't so I decided to actually get a qualification in teaching and so I did a PGCE in in music and started teaching music um I didn't I never taught in a school actually I ended up working in colleges because I wanted the sort of freedom of the vocational side of things and the actual musicality of songwriting and and performance and um and I ended up with all that singing, teaching and working with so many vocalists, I ended up having lots of people going, what's wrong with my voice? What can you help me carry? Please, can you help me? What's going yeah. on? And I actually was like, I don't know. I, I absolutely don't know. At the time, in sort of late 90s, early 2000s, there wasn't much about vocal health and, and sort of what to do. The research wasn't as advanced as it is now. The clinics weren't set up as they are now. Um, so it, it's rapidly developed in the last um, couple of decades. And um, and actually, I went to a course that was run by uh, Gillian Keyes and Jeremy Fisher called Vocal Process because they'd written a book called Singing and the Actor. And it was all about characterization with the voice and how you use the voice technically um, to actually get the sound quality you want. And it blew my mind. It absolutely started me on the path to write. OK, so now this is how the voice works. And it, it absolutely made me want to learn more, as you know, sometimes these things do, don't you? You do one thing yeah. and it opens the door to a million other things. Um, and it took a couple of years after that, but then I decided, right, I do want to retrain. And it just so happened that um, the government were funding speech and language therapy courses. And at the time, it was always, if you want to work with voice clinically and actually help people, um, you have to do speech and language therapy. That, that was the way forward. So um, I did that qualification, graduated in 2012, and I was so lucky. I think because of my interest in voice and working with so many voice practitioners and in various guises um, prior to becoming a speech therapist it helped with me getting my first job in one of the best centres in um, in the UK which was Manchester um, and so the the sort of clinical side of things has really developed from working with a, a lady called Sue Jones who's a consultant speech therapist and she was super hot on working with professional voice users so actors broadcasters singers anybody who uses their voice professionally 
And from there, um, we did various things. So in the clinical world, we, we I worked as part of a team which developed a protocol so we got really good assessment and diagnostics as to what was happening for people with problems with their voices. And um, it helps speed up treatment and work out what treatments actually work and and so actually it's improving the care that people get when they do have problems with their voices um so yeah so that's that's how I got to it and then um moved from Manchester started working at the Queen Elizabeth Hospital in Birmingham as well in their voice team then had children things changed went into independent practice and um all the while still gigging and singing myself um and then, yeah, and it's landed me now. So I work part-time for the NHS now in Herefordshire and Worcestershire. And I'm clinical lead for voice in, in my current trust. And um, and I work in my independent practice, which is the Singers Clinic, which is probably, I don't know if that's where you sort of saw me that, from. That is and, where, yeah, that's where I came, so, yeah. came across you. Yeah, yeah. awesome. <laughs> um, so, so what are... So long answer you, you, for a short question. No, that's, that's great. Um, <laughs> You said, you know, <laughs> when you were teaching, um, originally people would come up to you and say, what's wrong with my voice? What are common injuries that, um, or problems that, you know, you came across then and even now? Yeah, so I think people don't know exactly what's causing the problems, but I think the same sort of symptoms are all are very, very common. So it might be vocal fatigue, lack of stamina, the endurance has gone, the vocal pitch range is not as it was, there might be breaks in the sound, um, lack of control. Sometimes the voice will just flip out or squeak or make funny noises when it's not, not wanted. It might be um, that the sound, the tone quality has changed. Um, there's some persistent hoarseness. So, you know, there's a graveliness to the voice, which just doesn't go. Um, all those type of things are, are, are signals that there could be something wrong with the voice that, that you could seek help for. Absolutely. Okay, so I have a deep voice. So how would I know mm. I have a problem versus I have an injury? Or is it just something that I haven't been drinking enough yeah. water or I haven't warmed up? Like, how, is, there, is there one specific yeah. thing that you're like, okay, that I need to go to see someone? Because, for example, if I was going to call you and say, I have a problem. And then the next day, I have yeah. a problem. <laughs> like, how do I know it's a problem yeah. or it's just <laughs> something, you know? Yeah, no, really, really good question. Um, I think when, you, when you're working with your voice day in and day out, whether that's in a sort of professional performance capacity or whether it's maybe someone who's in telesales or a public speaker, sorry, yeah. um, <laughs> then you know what your standard is, you know what your normal is, and you know when things aren't quite right. And that is your first red flag. If those not quite right things don't respond to the usual voice care sort of techniques and tips, which I can talk about as well, um, if they don't respond to that typical voice care and they carry on for about two weeks, um, then definitely ask your GP, to refer you to ENT and, and possibly if you are a professional voice user, a specialist voice clinic. Um, and the reason I say ask for a specialist voice clinic if you're a professional user of the voice is because they are more likely to have the expertise and the, the, the clinical specialism to um, and the equipment, in fact, to, to actually get the best camera views, use of what we call stroboscopy, so we can see the movement of the vocal folds and really pick out 
what might be going on with the voice um, and so that you can get the most effective treatment. Um, If you have an ENT who's a laryngologist, that is obviously going to stand you in the best stead. So ENT is sort of an umbrella term for ear, nose and throat doctors. And some, like in all professions, some people would have more of an interest in the nose part or the ear part. So really in the specialist voice clinics, you're going to have people who are laryngologists, people who are used to working with the, the larynx and the voice and performers more frequently. Um, they will understand the emotional pressures of having a voice problem as well. And if you're very lucky, if it is a multidisciplinary voice clinic, so where there's maybe um, a singing teacher and a speech and language therapist and and an osteopath or a physiotherapist in that voice clinic as well, um, then you're more likely to get that emotional support as well as the physical support that you need for a speedy recovery. Um, one of the things I would say is if you don't know where to go for for the specialist voice clinic assessment, there are some really great organisations out there. I don't know if you've heard, Joe, of, of BAPAM, of the British Association of Performing Arts Medicine. I think I've heard of it. Yeah, I think I have. Yeah. I, I don't know much about it, but I think it's yeah. coming across my radar. Yeah. Yeah. So so the great thing about that organisation is it is a, um, a charity and people with specialist interest in working with performers um including broadcasters um they have sort of indicated their want to help people and it does mean that if you are experiencing a problem and you're not able to get in with your own gp because i know the mm-hmm. national health service nowadays is at breaking point isn't it yeah. so it's about how do i get that care that i need because it's it's maybe not considered nationally as urgent as someone who's maybe on a cancer pathway or something um so for perform but but it is vitally important because this is the tool of your trade this is what you earn money from it has a social economic impact you know and, and an emotional impact as well so if you need help if anybody listening to this needs help then BAPAM's brilliant um, and you can just google them search for them because they can offer um discussion with a GP and fast track and sign point I can't speak today sorry signposting to um the specialist voice clinics that you might need and the care that you might need they've also got loads of resources and there's another organization called the British Voice Association who similarly has a list of voice clinics where you can see if you can contact anybody from them to um get an, an assessment with them and as, <laughs> as 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 somebody you know yourself um i you play brass correct wind instruments um and you i sing. play flute yeah flute yes. originally it's flute and then sax yeah okay saxophones. and so <laughs> what kind of you know injuries or problems have you sustained over the years oh good question so i think we're all human and i think it's if anybody's out there thinking well i'll never get a problem because i've got optimal voice care and and you know (laughs) we're all human and actually what causes voice problems is what we call multifactorial there's so many things which feed into a voice problem um it can be it can because one of the biggest things that can affect any voice user but professional voice users is probably the muscle tension that can come alongside other things so for example if you've got some emotional stressors um such as uh you know you're experiencing grief or a relationship change or a house move 
or financial pressures, you've got a background of stress and, and tension and just anxiety. The body responds with the stress response, which triggers adrenaline. And we have that fight or flight sort of response just on the back in the background in our bodies and that can cause tension in the the system which co- which produces our voice it might be that you, you your respiratory part of it is sort of impaired and, and you can't breathe as well as you could it might be that the fine sort of muscle movements of the larynx and the vocal tract are, um, are hindered as well um and limited so it's reducing the flexibility of your voice you're not breathing as well maybe breathing more shallowly um, and actually, it has a massive impact if you're relying on your voice for the type of work that you do. Um, you know, you want to get a particular result out of your voice. Your brain knows you can do it. Your body knows it can do it, but it's just not doing it. It can be because of muscle tension. Um, other things which can cause tension are um, physical injury. So it might be shoulder, neck injuries, um, trauma, you know, sometimes that we've had examples of people who play sports, they've had a, a slight blow to the neck or or something. You can have those type of, of injuries, which might just cause that tension. There's, there's not necessarily anything wrong and being damaged, but it's just the tension is there. Um, and you might need some support to sort of get back to, to normal so that you've got the full range, the full flexibility and color and dynamic range to your voice that you're, you're used to. Um, obviously, there are things like viral infections coughs and colds the more you're coughing with with and and what what that actually does is it can cause some inflammation inside your voice box which means that everything works a bit more sluggishly you don't have the vocal range you get tired a lot more quickly because things just aren't working right um so really if you are poorly and you've experienced a cold because I know this is quite often I get I get a lot of inquiries through through the singers clinic you know I've had a viral infection it's just not going it's been two weeks and it's just not going and I would actually say well yes speak to a GP if you're worried speak to a GP and and get um, an assessment, like a camera to look down your throat and see if what's going on. But the likelihood is that you're still recovering from that illness. The coughing would have caused that inflammation. And it's about doing things, just being kind to yourself. I think we live at a, you know, a really fast pace in society now. There's very little downtime. There's a lot of people burning out left, right and centre. And I think we kind of have expectations of ourselves for social media, for the work that we do, that we need to stay on top of it. And when when your voice is your profession, you've got that additional pressure to get back to work as soon as you can. But in actual fact, just giving yourself that extra week of vocal rest breaks, great hydration, great sleep, great nutrition, gently warming up the voice and cooling it down, maybe doing some stretches, all those kind of things can really help just the healing process. So being kind to yourself and giving yourself the time to heal. So what would you say would be the easiest way to take care of your voice, like the the bare minimum to take care of it? I would say two things are the absolute key and nothing new under the sun here. I'm sure you know about (laughs) this, Joe. Um, Hydration and rest. Um, I think hydration you've got two ways you could have got a drink you've got a drink 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 clear fluids um and what you drink is really important so 
Um, clear fluids are great. Alcohol and caffeine, they can be dehydrated. Well, they're said to be dehydrating and caffeine is a diuretic, so sort of strips the body of, of moisture more. But staying hydrated is really important. Steam inhalations, um, if you want saline, nebs as well, nebulizer. Um, some people find humidifying the air that you're, of the rooms that you're working in. One of the things I know that um, people working in studios can face is the dryness in in the actual environment of, of where you're working. Um, so if it's not a home studio and you're actually working in a studio, it, it, you know it's, the, the ventilation isn't great. Um, so it's really important to have vocal rest breaks and mental rest breaks as well, mental and physical rest. Um, just five, 10 minutes out in the fresh air, getting that moisture back into your, your system as you breathe, um, you know, and, and just giving yourself a chance, giving your muscles a chance just to relax and let go of any built up tension from the work you've yeah. been doing. Let it all go so that you can then get back onto task and, and you, you'll get more from your voice if you have those rest breaks. Yeah, I, with water, you know, I obviously, you know, that's like the number one rule, but I've always found it yeah. doesn't matter how much water, like I have to literally, you know, plan hour by hour how much I'm going to drink to feel a difference. Yeah. I feel like if I'm just casually drinking yeah. water and I drink a, a bit, now I could drink more, but I do drink water. I feel in the morning, my voice is very, it feels like a sore throat, not like on a, yeah. you know, one, one to 10, it would be maybe a, a five but you know once i've had some water in the mm -hmm. morning then it kind of sorts itself out so yeah i'm never really i, I always get a bit worried with that like, am i drinking enough am i drinking too much because i know drinking too much as well can also affect your voice and yeah it's just that that yeah. balancing act like that balance, is really hard yeah think, it's really hard to deal with yeah i think um it's probably better to be thinking right i need enough water and yeah. sort of international standards are about one and a half liters for women and, and two liters for, for an adult male um you can have a bit more than that that's no problem um if you're doing more exercise and you're you're using your your body systems a lot more then you're going to need a little bit more water um it's about staying hydrated and you're you're absolutely right you're going to plateau you're going to reach a point where you're hydrated enough um yeah. Interestingly, you mentioned morning voice, and yes. I think this is an area where actually there are a few tips, which just just things that people can think about, which might help with that morning voice. Absolutely, you've hit the nail on the head with a fantastic strategy of have a drink. <laughs> you know, have a drink in the morning <laughs> first thing. Yeah. Get your body going. Get your guts going. You know, gut health is really yeah. important as well because your body is your instrument, and we all know gut health is great for immunity and and everything. So, um, so yeah, have that drink of water. Maybe have inhale some steam. Have a hot shower. Whatever it is, get that hydration to your vocal folds. Um, but the, a couple of other things to think about as well. The reasons why you might have that morning voice. I'm not saying this is you, Joe, at all. But it's just things. We're all human. Like I said, we get these things. Yeah. Um, obviously being out the night before, um, you know, drinking, um, alcohol, anything, socializing, using the voice a lot can mean that there's sort of a, um, and when we use our voice, mucus and, and is, is increased because it's, it's kind of a protective feature within the vocal tract that mucus is kicked out and it lubricates everything that's going on inside the voice inside the vocal tract so um heavy use might cause a little bit of inflammation there might be a little bit more mucus in there um so it's again that water will help to clear that away give you that sort of 
vocal clarity that you're looking for earlier on in the morning than, than without it. Um, the other thing to think of is, are you an, is, is a person a mo an open mouth breather? So if you've got nasal congestion or, yeah. you know, a snorer or anything, if you breathe through your mouth when you're asleep, obviously all the sort of mouth <gasps> tissues, are, the, the, they're all going to be drier and equally the back of your throat as well. So again, that water yeah. is going to just hydrate and, and help things to get back to normal um, faster. Um, the other thing as well, which might be causing that sort of roughness in the rough to, to the quality of sound in the morning, two more things actually. One is there may be a little bit of reflux. People can suffer from intermittent, what we call laryngopharyngeal reflux, which is essentially just um, acid affecting the tissues in the back of the throat um, coming up from, from the stomach while you're sleeping. And um, so again, water can help get rid of that. Um, another thing that people are recommended from speech and language therapy point of view is to use something called Gaviscon Advanced um, or another alginate. So it just coats the throat before you go to bed. So if you are experiencing reflux, it's going to coat those tissues and soothe and just make things nice and smooth in the morning. And it also forms a little plug on your stomach contents. So overnight, you don't get the reflux. Um, so that's really helpful. Um, and the last thing I would say is you've been asleep and just like as we you know as we go through life I know like I said I'm, I'm 43 we're going on 44 things take longer to warm up in the morning than they used to <laughs> when I was 19 20 yeah. I used to bounce back like anything but <laughs> we're human our legs are a little bit stiffer you know when we've been asleep we've not been using the muscles is what I'm trying yeah. to say so yeah. do a little bit of vocal warm-up do some do some stretches do some humming um some some uh, sbt exercises so what what they are is sort of like straw exercises or lip trills like those kind of things gentle warm-up exercises that help to get things going and the whole system to balance again and that should help that morning voice okay <laughs> good 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 useful tips i'll, I'll try those things yeah <laughs> uh, I, I wanted to ask in you know in regards to you know singers versus voiceover actors versus public speakers or just you know everyday people that you know just talk you know um what yeah. is is there any difference to the way that you know obviously the injuries may be different i'm assuming but is is there any major differences between recoveries or in or um, injuries or just the way that you would deal with them in general so if you think of yourselves, there's this, there's a really good way of thinking of professional voice users, which is you are athletes. And just like a shot putter might have slightly different injuries, more, you know, more prevalent injuries than a sprinter or a swimmer, different injuries for different sports. Um, yeah. With the voice, it, it is slightly different that you may get, you may find that people who are singing uh, and singers may have, um, they're not different injuries, but they may be more prevalent injuries depend because of the amount of voice use they're doing. The sort of athleticism of voiceover artists and singers, um, it depends on the sort of characterization within your voices, because there's equally, there's characterization in characters in voiceover work, as well as singing, because there are tribute acts where people are full-time pretending to be someone else yeah, and, and actually yeah. putting on um, a, a character in their voice. Um, and we do find that that sort of work 
um, we do see slightly more of those type of artists within voice clinics, but I think that's because of the tension and that need to reconfigure the vocal tract more frequently for the work they're doing. So it's it's like a, um, a physical stress um uh, injury i suppose yeah. like like if you had a knee injury if you if you're or an elbow injury if you're a tennis player you know they have tennis elbow don't they because of the repeated action similarly for the voice but you can protect yourself against it by following great vocal care advice um and avoiding what we call the misuse and abuse of the voice um so misuse and abuse is, is like i've worked with people in clinic before where they are act actors and actors what actors um and their character has had months and months of emotionally heavy shouting scenes um yeah. and of course it's going to have a toll on the voice um because it's emotionally draining it's physically draining um and physiologically challenging for for your instrument to to work with that so in that way yeah there may be more in like more likely to have an injury but Generally, we all have the same type of apparatus, but if we're mindful of that rest, that hydration, the warming up, the cooling down, the stretching, releasing of tension, the looking after your mental health um, and giving yourself those those breaks, you know, those are, those will really stand people in, in good stead for having a healthy voice for everything you do. And I would I would say that if you are feeling like you asked me earlier about when when do I seek help from a GP, you know, a GP or ENT, or you know, when do I seek yeah. the help? I would definitely say if you are if you if you feel like it might be because of workload and things have changed in terms of what your voice is being required to do, and you're experiencing changes in your vocal tract, then definitely seek help from a, a vocal coach, um, a, you know, a spoken voice coach or a singing voice coach singing teacher vocal rehabilitation coach whatever you want whatever whoever you want to to go to um because they can work with you on what you're doing so it's giving you the technique to get the most out of your voice in what in what you're doing so the characterization or the pitch range or dynamic range you know and they'll be working on physicality as well as sort of intention behind what you're doing um yeah so definitely seek seek help there's so much help out there there's so many voice geeks out there <laughs> just like me so yeah, yeah definitely seek help why not you know get the training get the coaching that sports people would you know you can have people for a short period of time jump to another person it, it doesn't matter you learn from everyone yeah and and you know you touched upon the physical side of things like what kind of um physical movements or physical rehabilitation would you normally do with somebody that has a, a voice issue yeah so it, it all depends on on how and what's happened um obviously we're talking about professional voice users and the types of injuries they get but in the spectrum of voice problems there are also people um who experience neurological problems um you know so there might be a wider condition affecting them there are people who've been affected by surgery um you know so they might have had a surgical intervention which has affected the vocal tract or the vocal cords um and so they have to learn how to reuse things and there may be physical therapy in that um for professional voice users again there's really great help out there because the field of the support 
network around um, professional voice users is great and growing. Um, and one group of uh, sort of help and professionals that you might find is, is really supportive is um, laryngeal massage. So what we call mm -hmm. manual therapy techniques. And there are some great places um, and individual practitioners and um, some speech and language therapists do it, some singing teachers do it. You know, so if, if you need some, um, what what the manual therapy does is you, as individuals, you might sort of have a routine where you're warming up and doing neck stretches and shoulder rolls and, you know, doing your physical stretches and your normal routine. But actually, because you've had some heavy characterization work, you've got tension that's just in there that you just can't shift and you've just got this constant hoarseness and lack of flexibility. And it might be that if you go to someone for some laryngeal manual therapy, that it just frees up the movement of the muscles and everything so that you get that flexibility back and quite quickly. Um, so definitely worth checking that out as well. If you've not been ill and you've not had a sudden change to your voice, it's sort of been gradual and possibly linked to vocal load and what you've been doing and how you've been using your voice, then yeah, I'd definitely say manual therapy, laryngeal manual therapy and, and maybe a vocal coach or singing teacher. Wow, okay. <laughs> There's so much information. I love it, I love it. Um, so yeah, just, just to wrap it up, you know, you've given me so much, you yeah. know, information and places to... to <laughs> you know to you know research and you know and everyone listening as well but just to wrap it up if somebody wanted to you know reach out to you or if they did have a problem I know we, we touched upon this earlier but if there's someone out there with an issue or they want to contact you how do they do so and where can they find you yeah so I'm afraid I'm not very good on social media and, and websites and things so um but my website is www.thesingersclinic.com so you can have a look at who I am and how to get in touch and it's really simple just email me info at thesingersclinic.com um, I'm more than happy to answer questions if people have them um, I am on Instagram um, just carry voice slt yeah. Um, yeah just get in touch ask me a question if, if I need sometimes I just signpost people off to where they yeah, yeah, might yeah, be better I'll put, I'll put supported yeah. I can provide yeah. advice I mean I don't know Joe if you if you want to have any links of anything I've talked about today I, you can put it on your socials as well so yeah great um, so like I said BAPAM so the British Association of Performing Arts Medicine and the British Voice Association two separate things um, really helpful to anybody using their voice professionally um, and they have lists of singing voice clinics, voice specialist clinics and voice specialist practitioners as well. So you'll find vocal coaches and singing teachers and speech therapists who have voice specialisms on there as well. So, yeah, thesingersclinic.com. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Make sure you check it out, everyone. Well, yes, thank you again for your time. So welcome. You know, it's, I've learned a lot. Been a pleasure. And, um, hopefully, I don't have to call you for a problem in the future. But um, if I do, I know where to go. <laughs> well, exactly. <laughs> Brilliant. Thanks so much, Joe. So what did I learn from today's conversation? Injuries do not discriminate and often caused by muscle tension. There's no magic pill and no quick fixes. You just got to listen to your body when it wants rest, rest. It's always great to have a professional at hand. And since speaking to Carrie, I must say she did help me after a little injury I had recently. So don't suffer in silence and feel free to reach out to a GP or a voice doctor when you need. 
And last but not least, the one we all know, but I had to throw it in there anyway. Remember to hydrate people. Boring I know, but so damn true. I go through stages sometimes when I don't drink enough and, and I can definitely say I can tell the difference. So make sure you hydrate. Thank you, Carrie, for sharing your wisdom. I've put a lot of links in the show notes for you to feast on, so make sure you check them out, people. Remember, you can always reach out if you have any questions or even tips that you might want to share. And last of all, remember to break the episode. Today's adventure is now complete. Until next time, bye.